Faith Podcast, the show where we have conversations with the peculiar people, places, and practices of Christianity. Specifically today, you are listening to Ground Up Sermons, where you hear a brief introduction, which is what you're listening to right now, of the sermon I preached on Sunday. You then hear the sermon, and then I follow up with a brief little bit of reflection. Our sermon yesterday happened to fall on the one-year anniversary of uh, this COVID-19 global pandemic. It was a year ago, um, Sunday, that we began our time of uh, virtual-only meeting. Since that time, we have uh, begun to uh, return to some in-person worship, albeit uh, limited, and we are still struggling with the realities of what it means to live um, in a pandemic time. We certainly do give thanks for all all of the frontline workers, medical staff, uh, teachers, and so many other people who have worked hard to keep our world um, turning, as it were, over the past year. And we're especially thankful uh, for the creation of a vaccine and for all those folks who are working so hard uh, to get that vaccine um, administered. I know uh, personally my own family, my sister-in-law is a pharmacist and she runs uh, vaccine clinics. And uh, six days a week, um, for like 12 plus hours a day. It may even be more than that. Uh, she is running these uh, vaccine clinics. She's not getting to see um, uh, her family uh, very much during this time, but she's doing it all out of love um, for uh, for her community. So uh, I uh, particularly uh, give thanks for her, for Alex, uh, for the hard work that she's doing um, uh, with the vaccine clinics uh, and with everybody else uh, and everybody who has worked so hard this year. Specifically for our sermon today, uh, we encounter two texts. Uh, The first is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. This is Paul uh, writing to the Ephesian congregation uh, about God first loving us uh, and about our salvation being a free gift um, uh, from the mercy and grace of God. And then we also encounter John chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. This, you may uh, know, has that much-beloved verse, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that God gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in Jesus shall be saved. This is, uh, in wider context, a late-night conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus all about what it means uh, to, to follow God, uh, to be loved by God. And so we're going to wrestle uh, with that concept today of what it means to be somebody who is loved by God. Uh, Specifically, you'll hear me uh, reference um, the Broadway rock musical um, Rent, which uh, to my surprise, it seems new to me, but it's actually 25 years old uh, this year. And uh, one of the songs from that show, um, Seasons of Love, asking the question, uh, how do we measure a year um, and the the rock musical suggests that we measure it in love and so as we reflect back on a pandemic year uh, a year full of challenges with racial tensions with political strife with economic challenge, with medical uh, difficulties, work difficulties, and so many others. And we wonder how we take account of this year um, following on the suggestion of rent and following on the suggestion of Jesus um, in the Gospel of John. We measure this year in love. Let's roll that intro and get into the sermon.
525,600 minutes. 525,000 moments so dear. 525,600 minutes. How do you measure? Measure a year. That comes from the rock musical Rent. Anybody familiar with Rent? I, I, I'm tempted, and in, in fact, uh, I'm, I'm going to put them on the. You don't know how to do it, Jay. But but Jay can sort of like pick it out a little bit. But y'all don't want to hear me sing. Trust me. It's, then I get worked up, and I hop up on the pulpit, and I'm you know try to do a backflip, and you know EMS comes, and it's it's not going to be good for anybody. It's a, a great musical, though, if you've seen it, and, and if not, you can find a, a, a I'm sure, a D, well, probably not even DVD, I'm dating myself. Um, it's not even, you can probably find a streaming version of it somewhere now, and it's really worth a watch. It's about a group of artists in the mid-90s, actually, I think it's set in 1989, uh, living in New York City, working their way through the ups and the downs, the trials and the tribulations of life. And so the song reminds us that there are 525,600 minutes in a year. And the, the cast suggests to us various ways that we could very well measure a year. In daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups of coffee, in inches, in miles, in laughter, in strife. And then they pose the question one more time. In 525,600 minutes, how do you measure a year in a life? And then comes the refrain they sing over and over and over again. How about love? And again and again and again they sing, how about love? For us, it's been 525,600 minutes. One year, we've been wrestling with a pandemic. I imagine if, if you were alive at 9-11, you probably remember where you were when you found out that planes hit the Twin Towers. And we can go on and on and on. The JFK assassination, when Pearl Harbor was attacked, and all throughout human history, those who were alive when profound moments happen, we can remember where we were, what we were doing. Now, we maybe didn't have quite just that one minute that absolutely changed our last year, but I imagine that you probably remember reasonably well this past week from one year ago. Slowly but surely finding out that there was this pandemic thing. It, it's kind of, uh, kind of interesting. Um, April and I, one of the things we're doing is um, we're actually rewatching. Um, uh, Madam Secretary, anybody watch Madam Secretary on, on TV? We're rewatching, we like the show, so we're watching it a second time through. And uh, this, you know, happened, you know, several years ago as a TV show. Uh, and it, it, the, the threat of a global pandemic comes up about twice a season. 
in Madam Secretary. And after it happened a couple times, I told April, I said, you know, we used to watch this stuff and we would hear these threats on TV shows about a, a global pandemic and we thought, oh, that's ridiculous. That's the sort of stuff that doesn't happen. That's just stuff they make up for TV shows. And yet, here we are. So you probably remember some of what that week was like finding out about this pandemic, about this thing called a coronavirus, that it like, looks kind of like a sun, hence the corona and all that kind of, kind of stuff. And here we are. What has the last year been like? Certainly one of note. On a national and international level, we all began to say that, that we, we were tired of living in unprecedented times. We wanted to live in, what, precedented times. We had economic crisis, medical crisis, racial tension, political strife all over the board, and a whole lot more, and that's just on the collective sense. As we come down to a more particular sense, we've lost loved ones. And yet at the same time, babies have been born. We've lost jobs, and we've gotten jobs. We've wondered where we're going to find toilet paper from. Remember that? <laughs> and it was noteworthy news when you found toilet paper. And you told your friends, there's toilet paper in them aisles. <laughs> we wondered why anybody would ever TP a house. We've gotten stimulus checks and argued over, should we be getting stimulus checks? We've been lonely. We've forged friendships. We've felt isolated. We've felt connected. And the list could go on and on. I invite you to reflect this week on what this year has been for you. Be honest about the hard things. Acknowledge that which has been bad. But also recognize that which has been good. Because there are good things in the midst of all the bad. It's funny how those two get connected sometimes. You know, our story in the gospel today, I think, speaks well to this one-year moment that we find ourselves in. There wasn't a global pandemic going on, but life certainly wasn't easy. God's people found themselves back in the promised land. That was a good thing. But once again, they were occupied by an outside force. The Roman Empire. 
a group of people who managed to get a devastating mix of nastiness with profound organization. And we meet this guy. He doesn't actually come up in our reading today, and it's, it's kind of a shame the reading is, is cut that short. But all of chapter 3 is this late-night conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. And I'm going to date myself here. I've always called this the Nick at Night text. Remember Nick at Night? Okay, yes. Yeah, it, it was back when we watched things like TV and we didn't stream everything and Nickelodeon. Okay, yeah, good job. All of the, the, the high schoolers are like, what? And we might have recorded it on VHS. We, oh, I know. Remember recording things on VHS? Yeah, kids, that's like an early version of DVR. Mm-hmm. So I've always called this the Nick at Night text. And so we meet Nicodemus. And he is one of the, the leaders of the Jewish people, to, to put it simply. And he is struggling, we might say, with what it means for him to live a year in his life that stretches well beyond a year. He's tasked with faithfully leading and caring for his people, yet also having to make concessions to this occupying empire. And he hears about this person, Jesus. And now we might think, oh, Jesus, the Messiah coming on the scene. Everyone's going to go, oh, this is wonderful. Hosanna in the highest. Oh, we love it. Does it ever work that way? Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus only managed to add difficulty into an already difficult system. And so Nicodemus goes out at night to have a conversation with Jesus. They talk scriptural interpretation, theology, ethics, and all kinds of things, really. But when it comes down to it, Jesus gives Nicodemus a nugget, something simple. As Kai put it, the gospel in miniature. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16, easily the all-time favorite Bible verse I think, in all of Scripture. Although I think verse 17 is important too and probably shouldn't be missed out. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Again, one verse or two, it's the gospel in miniature. And if you reduce it even down further, because I don't know about you, but I like things to be as simple as possible, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not a complex individual. Uh, simplicity. I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm mad, I'm happy. You know, that's, that's kind of the world I live in right there. Might be because I have toddlers and young kids and things like that, and it's where we are. 
but reducing it down even further, love. Isn't that interesting? A New York City rock musical written in 1996, and the Gospel of John, written over 2,000 years ago, managed to find some level of agreement. I don't know about you, but that's where I stop and start paying attention. When things that seem very different agree. So we go back to that question from Rent. 525,600 minutes. How do you measure a year? You measure it in love. We do it with 2020 that rolled into 2021. And we do it with all the years before and all the years that are to come. It's interesting to me that we have no shortage of an awareness of how we have disagreed this year. We've disagreed on political candidates. We have disagreed on the severity of the pandemic, the response to the pandemic, whether we're closed or open or wearing masks or using hand sanitizer, but let's be honest. I mean, should we really disagree on using hand sanitizer? I mean, if there's somewhere we can agree on, right? Or at least washing hands, you know, basic hygiene, we can agree there. But just about any subject that you can possibly throw out there, we can disagree on. But one thing that I would think we can't disagree on is that the last 525,600 minutes are ones that we have all gone through together. Whether we've had a different take on it or a different viewpoint, we've still gone through it all together. Just like we went through 9-11 and the Kennedy assassination and the bombing of Pearl Harbor and so many other events. And just like Nicodemus and the people of God 2,000 years ago and everyone that's lived since and everyone that'll live after us, the defining principle of our lives is love. It's how we measure our years. It's how we measure our days. It's how we measure our relationships. It's how we measure everything. It was the great Mother Teresa who once observed We can do no great things. We can only do small things with great love. So what's your small thing? I'm not asking you to cure a pandemic or fix an economic crisis or bring all the political sides together or anything like that. I'm inviting you to wonder 
what is your small thing that you can do with great love? Is it a card or a phone call? A nice conversation when you don't have time for it? Letting that person in front of you in rush hour traffic. Responding with a wave when they tell you that you're number one. If you catch my drift there. (laughs) What is your small thing that you can do with great love? Because that's the trick. When you have one person who does one small thing with great love, and then you have another one, and another one, then it grows. One last quick observation about Nicodemus. This is not the only time we see him pop up in John's Gospel. I'll invite you to your own further study, but he pops up again and again in John's gospel doing a small thing with great love. And then another small thing with great love. And then another small thing with great love. And just think for a moment. Nicodemus did small things with great love. And he winds up in the Bible. And we're lifting him up as a model of faith 2,000 years from now. So it's not great acts that change the world. It's small, seemingly insignificant, everyday acts done in great love that change the world, that change it for Jesus. And that is very much so a power that you have. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. Just as a uh, brief uh, wrap-out and reflection time following the sermon, we wrestled with a variety of things and uh, ended up with a quote from Mother Teresa that we can do no great things, only small things with great love. As we reflect back on this year and uh, all the myriad of challenges that have been there, uh, and as we look forward to uh, what oftentimes might seem like the insurmountable challenges before us, we might uh, become overwhelmed wondering what the solution is or what we can do, and we can uh, maybe perhaps even feel as if we're drowning trying to come up with these big ideas uh, for how to respond uh, to the challenges we see in our community uh, and in our world. Um, and, And I would like you to, to walk away um, with maybe a, a smaller picture, if you will, uh, reflecting on what is that small thing that you can do? Uh, what is that everyday um, act of kindness, uh, act of love uh, that you can show? It doesn't have to be a big thing, but, but simply a small thing. Um, and really, it's, it's one small thing 
um, that compounds to to the next. Oftentimes, we we set ourselves up for failure because we we start thinking too big. I know I have that problem all the time. Um, I, I uh, once heard um, uh, well, you actually there are several people on YouTube doing this, but I once heard um, uh, a military general speak about um, if you if you want to change the world, make your bed. Um, do that first challenge that that if uh, that hits you in the morning. Uh, do that, uh, and then worry about the next thing. Um, so again, rather than trying to fix all the problems in the world right now, um, let's let's take a, a page from Rent. Let's take a page from Jesus. Let's take a page from Mother Teresa, and let's let's wonder about what that one little thing is that we can do with great love, and let's do that, and then we'll move on from there. As always, thanks for listening to Ground Up uh, Sermons and the Ground Up Podcast. Um, please do join us later in the week. Uh, we have our first ever guest on the show, uh, Becca Forst, uh, who used to work here at Good Shepherd. Uh, she works at Holy Comforter Lutheran Church now. She's also in seminary, um, and she is a candidate uh, for ordination as a deacon. Uh, and Maybe you don't know what a deacon is. We're going to find out all about that. That's going to be a great conversation. That show is coming at you on Wednesday. So do please make uh, plans to listen to that. And as always, thanks and have a great rest of your week.